Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. And today, I'd like to talk about tarot cards. I get asked a lot about tarot cards, how I started reading them, why I read them, uh, how useful are they, what's the history of them. So I'm going to try to answer a lot of those questions in this talk today. First, though, if you haven't already, subscribe to me, however you're listening, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and I'm also now on iHeartRadio, so you can find me there as well. And visit my website, exploreyourspirit.com, where you can subscribe to my free newsletter, where you get lots of information about projects I'm working on, new courses I'm teaching, new books, and always updates about the podcast too. So come join me there. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, tarot cards. So here goes. Let's take you way back in time to when I was a little girl. And if you've been following the show, you've heard me share some stories of how I had uh, prophetic dreams when I was a little girl and uh, came back really remembering past lives and having psychic ability. And I'll probably share more of the stories along the way. But for now, let's just talk about some of the dreams and I would have dreams about past lives. I remember dreams with my parents in them and past lives we had together. I remembered other family members as well. And I remembered really ancient lifetimes that I had back in ancient Egypt and in Greece, India, uh, off the island of Crete, and then even further back, going back into really ancient civilizations. But the dream I'll share today is one that's easy for me to remember because I would have it quite often. And then later, as I begin to study in the mystery schools, which teach about the ancient esoteric wisdom from ancient Greece and, and Egypt and those places, those dreams then became part of the rituals that I would experience while doing some of my studies there. So in these dreams that I began very young, I would remember being in... Um, the temples in ancient Egypt. And I would remember being a student in what we would call a mystery school today. And as a student, there were tests that you would take. And as you advanced and you grew, learning spiritually, metaphysically, magically what to do, you would have these double-blind tests that you took at certain levels to show your progression and some of them were pretty dangerous, really. If you failed, there was there was a good chance you would be significantly harmed physically, mentally, and other ways, as well as sometimes not make it back at all. So that's another topic for another day. But they didn't play back then in mystery schools when you got tested, let's just say that. And these were things that you did and studied because you were wanting to become a teacher in the mystery schools, uh, you were on your way wanting to become a high priest or a high priestess and to go further so you would advance along the way. Back in these studies, there were paintings on the inner walls there of the temple. And the paintings changed form. They looked one way in Egypt and they looked a different way in Greece. According to the culture and the times and um, the way we painted things and wrote things down, and so they would show a progression of where you were on your journey, how you would interact with other 
people, places, and things, and how you would interact with the gods and goddesses as well. And so that's why it looked different in each culture that I would remember dreams about, because the gods and goddesses were represented differently, as were uh, the people and um, the places that you would interact with. As a high priestess, I would walk through these corridors and see these paintings on the wall and would remember back when I was a student studying them. And they would show the journey from the neophyte, the innocent first steps when you're just learning. And then when you go into the next level as an initiate and you begin to uh, initiate those actions, then later you'd move up to what's called an adept where you were doing pretty well at these things and they were starting to become second nature to you. You didn't have to focus as much on thinking it through. It became more part of you. It was more intuitive. And then eventually, if you progressed well enough, you entered a mastery level and went on from there. There were different levels of mastery. So these images were to help explain the journey, uh, explain where you were at, and to show you what you're working on. Now, flash forward to my current incarnation here, where I am a esoteric wisdom mystery teacher. And when I began this journey in this lifetime, I was born into a Catholic family. So being raised Catholic uh, and going to Catholic school, I would go to Mass. And it was always interesting to me because the things I would see there correlated in a similar way to what I used to see in ancient Egypt and Greece and uh, onward. One being that they did have a representation of the divine feminine in the church. There was always uh, Mother Mary there showing herself, usually in a statue, with a baby. And that was very similar to Isis with baby Horus that was shown in Egypt. So similar like that as well, there were a group of high priestesses that belonged to a goddess that were important to bring in the divine feminine energy back in the temples. And the goddess's name was Nun, N-U-N. And there we have that representation in the Catholic Church with the nuns that live in the convent in that feminine energy. Not quite the way it was back in Egypt because they, they're held more in patriarchal control currently. But still, there's some recognition there by the Catholic Church that that has to be displayed in some way to really make the full expression of the ritual. And then also I remember leading up to Easter, there is a ritual that goes in the Catholic Church called the Stations of the Cross. And they will, in many churches, in the Catholic churches, hang even pictures that you walk around the church and you observe the different stations. And the pictures depict the journey of Jesus from being taken and then what the story says he experiences all the way until he is nailed to the cross. And those stations of the cross showing different experiences and things that you endure and show in many ways the stations that each person goes through as they undo their ego, as they transform as they go from being more of just a human to connecting with their higher self 
and their soul and connecting with the higher realms and the higher planes of being, it shows that journey. Now this shows it in the journey of explaining the story of one person where back in ancient Egypt, this was depicted to show each person's story and that this is the journey we all take moving from what's called lower Egypt into higher upper Egypt from the lower chakras and the ego up through the heart chakra where it opens and then up into the higher realms as we progress. And this is what the symbol of the Ankh shows as well as the cross. That might be a story for another day before I get too deep in ancient Egyptian teachings here. But it's important to understand that, that the symbols and the paintings all correlate and were very meaningful to show the journey. From there, I would have other dreams where I remembered living in Eastern Europe. And I was with my parents and we were what would be called gypsies. And I remember watching my family reading cards, using these cards to tell people their future. From there, the dream would show me, and I'm not really accurate with histories as far as what century it is, but it was a time during uh, the courts. And I'm going to guess and say 16th century, but I'm not really sure. But the courts where those at royal court would play with cards and it would look like they were just playing a card game. But then in private, the uh, certain people would use the cards as well to read them and tell the future. And it wasn't really allowed back then. It was to have the cards as tarot cards like they were in other times. But this is kind of the essence of how they were used to be out in a public way while still doing and showing and being able to, to read them. So the history of tarot cards is really still uncertain. I have memories, like I said, of seeing paintings on the wall that depicted the journey. They weren't cards, though. They were guides, like in, in painting, showing uh, the direction that you needed to go and how you were evolving. I have memories of cards from that time as gypsies and the playing cards in the time of the royal courts. And then the next memory I have of a past lifetime with that is in in Europe and in Britain at one point where I was with others and we studied in a group and we used tarot cards as one of the magical practices that we did. And then there are other lifetimes I have where I was kind of a wise woman out in a little cottage in the woods and people came to see me for readings and other types of help. Most recently in this lifetime, my great-grandmother, who lived in South Louisiana, made her living reading tarot cards and tea leaves for people, and that's how my grandfather was brought up. I never met her in the physical world. She passed away, I think, right around the time that I was born. But she started coming to me in spirit and would visit me since I was a little girl and talk with me about things. And she told me that I was going to carry on uh, doing what she had done as well. And when I was about 12, for some reason, I felt energy swirling up in me, even though I'd been psychic and had prophetic dreams and would talk to my parents about them 
and we're seeing auras around people and even using psychometry without fully understanding what it was. For some reason at the age of 12, I felt energy spiraling around me and I knew that it was time to go formally ask my mother if I could begin my studies in metaphysical teachings. And so I went to her and said, it's time for my studies. I'd like to learn astrology. And she was so surprised by this. She's like, do you mean you want to read your horoscope? And I said, no, I, I want to learn how to do astrology charts to be an astrologer. And she was so surprised, but she said, okay. And she let me study astrology. Back then there were no computers. So you had to do all the calculations by hand with the help of some reference books. And she said, hey, at least it'll make you better at your math skills because you have to learn to calculate all this. So I started uh, doing astrology at that, that age. And then the next year I came to her and said, okay, I'm ready to continue my studies and I would like to learn to read the tarot cards. So to her credit, she took me to a store and found a teacher there and bought me my first deck of tarot cards and let me study. I, I love all aspects of metaphysical tools. I love astrology. I love it all. But when I first got my deck of cards, it felt like coming home. They, they felt so right in my hands. I knew exactly what to do. I knew exactly how to meditate on the cards and understand their meanings. And while I studied and reviewed things in the books, it was like just a quick review because they were just the most natural thing I had ever done. They were meant to be with me. I immediately knew to get out a piece of silk and wrap them to protect them from outside energy. I knew how to handle them. I knew when to sleep with them. I knew how to care for them. It was just completely like coming home. So when I began, of course, with a teacher, and they all tell you the same thing, they want you to memorize what the cards mean. And that's a necessary process, right? You you look and you see what the major arcana means and what the minor arcana, and you trace the journey of the fool and you see it through and you study the meanings of each card. But that should only be the beginning, not the ending. So if a teacher starts you there and you don't go further, you're missing out on the most important part. It is important to understand those meanings. But second, you have to then engage your intuition in these readings. When I look at the cards, when I gaze at the images, they change for me, for each person I read. They move and they change and they alter. And how I mean is like you may be looking at a card and maybe there's a woman on it and she has a rose in her hand and there's a castle in the background and there's a, a lion in front of her and there's a river in the distance. And you know, depending on whether you're going to do the original, traditional Rider weight cards or whichever ones you favor, there's a lot of imagery and symbolism in those cards. And many say that the symbolism in these cards actually speak to your subconscious and are telling you the story of what's going on. And so first thing you do gaze at all of that, at the imagery. For me, though, what happens is the cards change how they look for every person I read. So I may be asking a question, trying to find an answer for the person I'm helping. And I draw that card that I just described with the woman in the castle and the lion. 
and I draw it for one person, and it's all about the lion. The lion's big and fierce and looks territorial and aggressive. And I know the card is drawing my attention to that part of the symbolism to give me an answer that has to do with that. I could draw that same card for the next client, and the first thing I notice is the look on the woman's face. Does she look peaceful and serene or scared and anxious? And it all becomes about the emotion of the woman. And I could draw for the next reading. And it's all about the castle in the background and how well put together and protected it looks. Did anything change physically on the card? No. But my intuition draws me to different aspects of the card and shows me what I need to pay attention to and where I need to go for the reading. See, the thing about Tarot is it's a language. And it explains your life's journey. It can tell you where you're going wrong, where you're going off course. And also it can tell you how to change direction so that you move back in connection and in balance with your destiny using your free will. When you have a reading, what it shows is if you're on the right track. And it helps enlighten you as to what decision may be best to go forward. So in a sense, the cards are written in a code. And what a tarot reader learns to do is to decipher that code. And so for me, the illustrations change as I look at them. I understand the basic meaning of each of the cards, but my intuition tells me the rest. Tarot cards are just one tool that you can use in psychic readings. You can read tea leaves. I've even taught people how to read seashells. In my Wise Woman course, I teach that. Okay, so I thought it'd be fun to end this session today by doing a little one-card draw for each of the astrological signs. So I'm going to draw a card for your sign. And the question I'm asking is, what's coming for you in the next three months? So, of course, it'll be somewhat broad because it's just for your sun sign, your astrological sign. Only so much I could say because of that and that it's only for the next three months. But if it was interesting or hit home for you, of course, I'd love to hear from you. All right, so the first card I'm drawing is for Aries. Aries, your card is the Ten of Cups. And this is a great card. It's beautiful. And it means that you're going to have a really great love life. So there's something coming up for you with romance and love. And it's going to bring itself into a brighter light now and be shown to you. Now, what I do see moving in the card for Aries that's a little different is there are some vines that are climbing up on each side of the person and going up into the arms. So there's something holding you back, and that's what's standing out the most in this card right now, is every opportunity is there to have the relationship that you want to have, but you're actually holding back by not giving some part of yourself. And if you don't take this time to let go, and to really open up fully and to be vulnerable, you're actually going to block this love that is wanting to come to you. So now's the time to let go of any fear or worries and to undo those blockages and really open up because the love you seek is really trying to come to you right now. Again, this is coming sometime in the next three months. All right, let's draw a card for Taurus. Taurus, your card is the moon. And right now it shows that there's 
a little bit of indecision for you between what your mind thinks logically you should be doing and what your heart really desires. And so you're kind of an in-between trying to figure it out, what your purpose is, what you want in life. You're not going to be able to logic this out, meaning writing a down a sheet of paper, things that you like, and figuring it out from there. This is your soul really longing to have you tap into your intuition and to finally discover what it is you truly want to be. Not if it will pay the bills, not if it will bring a distinction, not if it'll create something, but what is it you've always wanted to do and be? The moon shows that it needs to have that light, that reflection, which is passive and intuitive and receptive, meaning that it cannot be in the sunlight where it's all about action and going forth and using your mind to clearly pave the way. This is about slowing down, listening to your dreams, and spending a little bit of time in the quiet, meditation, and being watchful for the signs to come that have been showing you, your guides have been trying to show you all this time, what is to come for you and what you could be. And it's been really tough, but now it's time to let go, to stop overthinking it, and just to watch for the signs that are showing you right now what truly your purpose is. Good luck with that, Taurus. This is coming in the next three months. Next card is for Gemini. And Gemini, your card is the Six of Cups. Interesting, drawing cups here so often, which are all about emotions. And Gemini, this card shows that you're stuck in the past and that you haven't let go. You're holding on to resentments or guilt or pride, worry, ego. Something is blocking you from moving onward into the future. Maybe you're beating yourself up about the past or wishing you had done things differently. And as I say, the only two emotions that are worthless are guilt and worry. You can't fix either. Guilt is staying stuck in the past. Worry is borrowing energy from the future. You can only deal with what's now. And so this card is telling you that it's time to let the past be the past. And also not to redefine yourself by who you were in your past, but rather it's time to recreate yourself. Lose the fear, lose the ego, lose the worry from the past, and it's time to recreate yourself into something new and exciting. The next card is for Cancer. And Cancer, your card is the Two of Wands. Cancer, this card is about standing in your own power, not letting other people build you up, but rather really knowing your true self and finding that strength and energy from within. It's a card showing you that it's time to stand on your own, not to let others build you up or to define your self-worth, your self-esteem, or your value. You have to know it from within, and when you do, you truly become powerful and magic and capable of anything. When we rely on other people to build us up, we haven't really created a firm foundation for ourselves. This means that we'll crumble at the first time of their disapproval or dissatisfaction. That's not standing in your own true power. Now is the time to really dig deep within yourself 
and determine how you're going to feel good about yourself and how you can stand in that energy. The next card is for Leo. And Leo, your card is the hanged man. This is in a position of waiting and wondering what's going to happen. It means that someone else is in charge of your fate at this moment, that you're waiting for someone else to make a decision or to show you where you're heading next. It can be a very uncomfortable place to be when what you're going to do relies on other decisions as well. But what you can do to master this time is to pay attention, to listen, and to watch everyone and what they're doing around you. You won't get a quick decision in this matter. It means that the outcome is going to take time as other people sort through their stuff. But in watching others and their actions, great wisdom will come because you have the opportunity from this position to find out what the motive is behind the motive of each person who is circling in your life. Are they really there for you? Are they manipulating you? Have they been manipulating you for a long time? Something about this will be revealed to you, Leo, in the next three months. If you can play the long game, stay quiet, watch, learn, and listen. The next card here is for Virgo. Virgo, I've drawn the Five of Swords. Five of Swords can present challenges, obstacles, problems to overcome. And while people, of course, see this card and think, ah, oh, I don't want to hear about that, the truth is we all receive this card in different parts of our lives. We all are in stages of growth, and we have to learn new things in order to evolve. So this is simply your turn right now. You are being presented with some challenges to overcome and others to heal from. This is going to make you a better person should you walk through this path and overcome it. You'll be a better friend, lover, spouse, sibling, teacher, co-worker, all of those things for having taken this journey. So rather than seeing the swords as problems or obstacles, see them as challenges presenting themselves in order for you to learn and grow and rise above. By doing so, you'll learn more about yourself, more about how you've been handling things, whether it's been out of control, too emotional, too hot-headed, and instead how to take a cool, long look at things, communicate, discuss, and grow from. You've got this, Virgo. It's your time and you can do it. Focus now on the next three months to get these things done and you'll be enjoying the fruits of your labors for a very long time. Libra, this card is for you and it's the star. This is a wonderful card. It's full of hope and inspiration and it shows that good things are coming your way. Usually the star card is received after you've been working on yourself and you've been putting in the effort to grow. You've paid attention to the signs around you. You've been listening to your guides and you've noticed that the universe has been speaking directly to you and encouraging you to face some things deep within. This card shows that you've been doing the work, you've been listening, and you're about to get rewarded. So at the end of the three months here from the time you hear this podcast, in three months time, things are really going to look up for you in a beautiful, magical, special way. You've earned it, Libra. Good work. The next card is for Scorpio. 
Scorpio, your card is bondage. This has to do with issues of control and a want for freedom. The interesting thing that I see in this card at this time for you, Scorpio, is that this bondage is not created by someone else. It was created by you. You may feel that you don't have the power or ability to do what you want to do, to start a new job, to be your true self, change where or how you live, enter a new relationship, or even to pay off debt. The message to get from this card, Scorpio, is these were all things you created, and these are things you can change. If you don't like where things are financially, you can make the steps today to change that. Same with your relationships. Same with the way that you're living, the habits you've created, the lifestyle that you've done. These are all things that are feeling like bondage to you, like you're trapped, but they're not. They're trappings of your own imagination and your own mental process. The sooner you realize that and let go, the sooner these chains will fall off of you and you'll no longer feel trapped. Take the next three months to put some work into this. Change your thinking, change your life, change your actions, change the way you complain about things or talk about things. Let go and make positive changes to fix the things that you feel are holding you back. And if there's nothing you can do, then let go of the negative thinking about it and begin to say, this or something better is coming to me now. Three months from now, Scorpio, you should be in a much better place. Keep at it. This card is for Sagittarius. And Sagittarius, your card is the Nine of Cups. Again, here I am drawing more cups. Lots of emotions going on with everyone right now. Everyone is very much deeply connected right now with their emotional well-being. Sagittarius, the Nine of Cups, is relationship bliss. This means that you're on a really good trajectory. Things that you didn't even know you wanted in your relationship are coming true for you this year. Things that you didn't think would make you happy or make you feel lucky or really identify how special and unique your relationship is are actually coming into being this year. You're going to close out this year feeling like this was meant to be all along and you can't imagine how your life could be any different than the way it is right now, that all of it was exactly as it was intended to be. And in about three months' time, this is where you will begin to notice and see this with the relationship and the bliss that it's about to bring. No work to be done here except to keep your eyes, thoughts, and mind open and see what it is, all the beauty that's coming your way. This card is for Capricorn. Capricorn, your card is the chariot. This is the warrior card. This is inspired. This is about breaking down any walls that were blocking you and then getting to work and using your determination and all the skills you have to make a big splash in the material world. This is when you take control, you grab the reins and you move forward and you find your inner strength to go in the direction that you really wish to go now. Don't get distracted. Don't get discouraged. Keep your eye on the goal. And be sure to protect yourself from people who may be negative or have negative energy they want to throw your way. Don't allow yourself to engage in those conversations 
or to be in their energy. You're a warrior. You're focused on what you want to create and achieve right now. And don't let anything stop you from that purpose. You got this, Capricorn. This next card is for Aquarius. Aquarius, the card drawn for you is the Two of Cups. Again, emotions. Two of Cups is a loving card. It's very much the energy of two. And here we are in this year of two, 2022. So many twos coming at us about relationships this year. And when I see this card in a reading for anyone, it means either a brand new relationship full of love and all the things you've longed for, or if you're in a relationship, it means a new beginning of understanding. The relationship is going to level up into a deeper connection, uh, more harmony, more uh, easy decisions together, and a lot of planning for the future. It's a happy, loving card that shows relationships moving very easily. So in the next three months, expect to see this. It's a good time to engage and open up to your partner, if you have one, about what you would like to see and do and how you'd like to grow together in the future. And if you're single, it's a great time to put yourself out there and get ready to meet that really special person. Sending lots of love your way, Aquarius. This card is for Pisces. Pisces, your card is the Ace of Swords. I love how we're ending up this reading today. Ace of Swords is a position of power, lots of energy, ability to achieve anything you want right now. So it's a great time to let go of old feelings and let go of any stress you've had. And it's saying, you've got this. The odds are in your favor. You can succeed at whatever endeavor that you're trying to take on. You are holding the sword in your hands that lights the way and carves through any boundaries that you once had. The only thing to remember about this sword is that it is very powerful. And so when you get this card, it's to use that power responsibly. If you let the power go to your head and start slashing at everything, you'll actually diffuse the power and it'll drain quickly. So think very carefully about the one specific thing that you'd like a status surge to happen for you and use this sword of light to shine directly on that in order for you to achieve this goal. Next three months are when it's highlighted, so choose carefully and wisely. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed those little mini, mini tarot card readings today and that you learned a little bit more about tarot cards and how you might like to use them in your life if they feel good. Wishing a wonderful three months for all of you, according to what the cards had to say. May you learn and grow and do well and find love and joy, peace and happiness in all that you do. Take care. See you next time.